I am an intelligent woman. I manage my money well. My problem is that I choose men who have great charisma and they talk a great game, but women can hear so much better than we can think. Welcome to Married 2.0. I'm your host, Amy Sanders. I'm a fitness and wellness pro, mom, stepmom, second wife, and master certified life coach. I'm here to help you manage your emotions, your relationships, and life so you can live a healthier, happier life. Welcome back to Married 2.0. I'm your host, Amy Sanders, and today we have Candace Smiley. By the way, that's her real last name with us today. I just have to point that out because it almost seems like, you know, I want the last name Smiley. It could be a stage name, right? Like it's it's a good name. It's a really great name. Like, yeah. Anyway, Candace Smiley's with us. And I am going to read her short bio because then she's going to expand on it because mm-hmm. it is very interesting. So I have to read it so that you guys actually see. So 20 years ago, she survived a sexual assault from a boyfriend. 14 years ago, she decided not to kill herself. 11 years ago, she was left with $350,000 worth of bad debt and ruined credit. That's not nothing. Nine years ago, she had a me too moment. Seven years ago, she welcomed her beautiful daughter into the world. Five years ago, she left a marriage to fall in love with herself again. Three years ago, she allowed herself to heal and reconnect with her feminine. Two years ago, she rebuilt her life. She moved into a tiny home and she found her love of her life. And then last year she started her podcast, which everyone needs to be listening to because it has totally blown up. It's all about creating the ripple. So with that, I want to welcome Candace onto our podcast. She does a lot of things. She lives in a tiny house. She's a mom mm-hmm. of two kids. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Welcome. I am so glad to be here, Amy. Thank you. Can't <laughs> wait. Can't wait. We're going to talk about some good stuff today. So mm-hmm. we first want to dive into, she, she talks about the ripple, which mm-hmm. the wriggle, no, the, I said the, ripple, niggle. the niggle, not the ripple, sorry. <laughs> the niggle, yeah. which is that little voice. That's pretty annoying that mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, would you call it kind of your intuition, but you'd turn away from it? Like, tell us more I, about the it's, niggle. It's, it's inconvenient. At least it, it usually is for me. There's not a logical reason, uh, at least that I can see when it shows up quite often, which is why we question it and why we don't trust it. We don't trust ourselves. We've never been taught to, you know, lean into that deep, beautiful knowing that we have. I think it's even more than an intuition. It's a knowing, right? You, mm-hmm. you feel it. At least I do anyway. And so the niggle for me showed up when, you know, the boyfriend said he wanted to come visit and spend some special time with me. My whole body went, I don't, I don't want that. And that was weird, right? Because I, I loved this person. And, you know, when I started dating the guy who ended up leaving with $350,000 worth of debt, there was this I wouldn't do it if I was you sort of an energy, right? But again, there, there were no other red flags, except that something in me said, this may not be a good idea for you. And so looking back on that, when I finally sort of moved through my story and started to take responsibility, radical responsibility, because the only one involved in any of those things was me. Mm-hmm. And then to move to a place of acceptance, it was you know, I hadn't lost trust in men, though I would have said that for a while. And I hadn't lost trust in women, though I would have said that for a while. I I lost trust in myself. And I don't know if I ever had it to begin with, 
Because when are we ever taught that you are fiercely and beautifully more powerful than you think? And if something in you says, this isn't right, you shouldn't be arguing with yourself for why that is. That's, that's your moment to say, hey, pause. Even if you don't know why it is, give yourself a minute to breathe mm-hmm. or a day to think about it or a week or when the first of those warning signs show up, don't beat yourself up over, just make a different choice. So that's the niggle. So good. Mm. I have multiple times not trusted my nickel. Uh, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like the, I like the name. I've never heard it niggle before, but so it's people always please. annoying, you know, right. I'm usually doing something and even now I'll be excited about a project or I'm excited about meeting someone. And then I'm like, Oh, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you want it, but it doesn't always have to mean it's going to end or, you know, that it's going to be a violent thing necessarily. I've learned a lot of times it simply means something about this is off. Yeah. And you need to pay attention. And for someone like me, a people pleaser who was raised to be a really good girl, a mm-hmm. nice girl, and the etymology of the word nice is stupid. So I'm really done with being a nice girl, kind, compassionate, you know, woman with boundaries. Absolutely. But because I was raised in that way, no fault to my parents, but I was, I wasn't raised to know and respect my boundaries or to know when they've been crossed. I mean, I knew when they'd been crossed, I could feel that didn't feel good. I had no idea how to reverse and go back. I had no idea how to set those up properly. So there's just a lot to that, which I think is, you know, why the word niggle makes people kind of take a pause. And I I want them to pause because like you, most of them are like, oh, I've had that feeling. Yeah, I had that feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And every single time I haven't listened Mm -hmm. later, I'm like, duh, you know, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it was there and I ignored it. And then now look, you Mm -hmm. know, so many good things. Kate, so when you left your ex-husband or you were left with three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. not nothing. No, um, it, wasn't. it wasn't. So walk me through that. Like, where were you in your <laughs> mind? What was going on? Weren't you? Didn't you have a daughter at that point too? No, I didn't. Uh, oh, you so didn't. Yeah. Okay. Pre, pre, pre my marriage, pre my okay. wedding, somebody I was with for a very long time. Okay. And basically there was a niggle there, but we dated anyway. And then six months into our relationship, he admitted to cheating and apologized and for all sorts of things. So this is what I'm saying. I had the niggle. I ignored it. I dated him for a few months. And then there was another moment when I went, oh, but I stayed. And then fast forward, you know, four and a half years later, he announces he's leaving me. He's leaving the country in all of that, I you know have to move out, find my own thing, we're broken up, et cetera, et cetera. I discover he's cheated on me with multiple people over basically the entire, not that I can be surprised, right? It's like right. the writing was there on the wall. And so I called in to my bank and I said, hey, I need to you know get a new place. I need an extension. I need some extra cash. Can I extend my credit limit? Which had never been a problem before. And they said, oh, we've been trying to get a hold of you. You haven't made a payment in X number of months. And I was like, pardon? Because we had joined all of our finances. We had done all of those things. And Mm. all of a sudden, and I had this growing dread in the pit of my stomach and the more phone calls I made to you name it. And I had cars and houses and we had a life. Nothing had been paid for a very long time. And they didn't care that the other person on the contract had left the country and me. They just wanted their funds. 
And right. so I dove into, I went to foreclosure court. I had vehicles repossessed. It was, it was awful. I don't wish on anybody except I was so angry. I can remember laying in bed in a cold sweat because I was so freaked out and I had no idea. Nobody I knew had been dealing with this kind of debt. Nobody I knew had recovered from this. Everybody said, just claim bankruptcy. And I said, I am not rolling over to play dead on this. Mm-hmm. If I have to, I will. But if not, there has to be a way for an honest person like me who just basically got conned by the con man and I wasn't the only one, then there is a way for me to figure this out. And I figured just like I had with the assault, which I hadn't started talking about at that point, I wasn't about to let them win. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the one that when they checked in on me on Facebook or they called me 10 years later, I wanted to be like, I'm actually awesome. No thanks to you. Here's how I've rebuilt. Here's what mm-hmm. I've done. You know, that thing that you thought would break me has only made me stronger. And now I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to talk about it a lot. And no, I'm not going to ever mention your name, but I'm going to make sure that every other woman who gets herself into this kind of a situation doesn't have to be me. And if she is, that she can look and go, well, if you did it, then I can do it. And so, yeah, a lot of really tough choices, but yeah, I was going to get through it. Just making the decision that you're going to get through it and then figuring it out. Okay. So what happened? (laughs) Figuring it out from there. So what happened from there? Like you keep going. So I I committed to the process, right? So, you know, I would show up, uh, you know, a debtor would call me and say, you know, I, or collector would call me, I need this money. And I'd say, okay, here's my story. It doesn't matter to you, but I just sort of, I told the same story because it was the truth all the time. And for the most part, a lot of them would say, okay, well, in that case, you need to do this, this, and this, and we're going to have to get this from you. And so I just sort of attacking it rather than sitting there whining about what wasn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) or how awful it was going to be. I just sort of faced it and got really clear with myself that I was probably in for, you know, an eight to 10 year thing where it was going to suck. Mm -hmm. But I've always found that telling myself the truth makes it easier to deal with. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yes. But a lot of people don't want to, right? They don't want to tell the truth because the truth can hurt. Like it's like owning it. Oh, I made a mistake. They were like, how did you, how did this happen? And I'm like, well, he has a name and he's a smooth talker and I'm not the only one. And you know, that I ran to people that this person had conned out of, you know, $800,000 or $8 million. And I was like, okay, so I got out, I got out. Okay. Right. Um, it was only again, 350 K I'm good. Yeah. So, you know, I moved through it. I, you know, represented myself in foreclosure court and had people like the judge go, oh, okay, well that's, you know, next time, honey, choose wiser, watch out for this. You know, the opposing counsel going, look, this is, this is the best we can do. You know, like I found a lot of allies in that, uh, you know, found a great trustee, um, found someone who didn't make me feel bad about myself, even if they had to do their job. That was a really big deal. I think that was the start of me saying, hey, look, this is my boundary. And just because I'm in debt doesn't mean I'm delinquent or doesn't mean I'm any of these things. Before I met him, I had an incredible credit score. Will I have another great credit score? Yes, I will. Yeah. <laughs> will I choose wiser in men? Yes, yes, I will. You know, so I worked my butt off um, doing the thing that I love, which was sales. So I'm an entrepreneur. And I knew that working a job, I would have a set hours, but I was an entrepreneur. I could mm-hmm. hustle and I could put, you know, 80 or whatever hours I needed in worked as hard as I needed to, to do whatever I needed to, to only go into consumer proposal. So I only hurt my credit for, for three years, which was, uh, for me, a win. And so, a total win. yeah, right. That yeah. was also the point where, 
I had lost everything, right? They took my houses, they took my cars, they took, they took everything. And so I was sort of forced into minimalism, which now looking back on it just makes me laugh because at the time I was like, you know, no, I want my stuff. You know, I want Mm -hmm. to live the life I was living. And then at some point in that process, someone who didn't really know the whole backstory, you know, so I was driving a smaller car and lived in a smaller apartment and didn't have a lot of stuff. And they sent me a video on the tiny house movement. And they're like, this is totally up your alley. And I was like, no, it's not right. (laughs) But I watched this video and I realized that there are people who choose to have less often because of some big financial thing happened. They lose everything. They -hmm. realize that they're actually happier with less and they begin to shift. And that was a really big moment in my mind that I was like, oh, and so I actually reframed zero because we think of zero as nothing, but it's actually the starting point. And to be honest, when you're that far in debt, I just wanted to get back to zero, right? <laughs> because like, <laughs> clean slate, right? So I reframed a lot of these things. And I know that what goes up must come down. And so I knew that if I was, you know, down 350k, then the pendulum must swing the other way if I was good and kind. And you know, if you want to raise your value, Mm -hmm. and raise your prices, then you raise your worth. And so I was like, well, if I have to go through this and it's going to suck, I'm going to learn as much as I possibly can about this process so that I'm educated on the other side. And who knows how I'll use that education. But as my dad said, education always costs money. And I was like, yeah, 350K, thanks very much. So, (laughs) you know, I did a lot of work, I think around the mindset, which to be honest, I think because I had been living with a sexual assault, knowing it had happened, lived in that relationship for two years, And I felt like saying, well, if that didn't kill me, then this certainly won't either. And that wasn't something I really talked about at the time. But I was like, well, you're so strong. And I was like, "Mm, I've been through worse. This sucks. (laughs) But this isn't as bad as what I have been through. And so I found myself almost grateful for the skills and the coping that I had learned previously. Mm -hmm. So fast forward a few years, you know, I get out of debt start building my credit, you name it. And, um, you know, then I ended up getting a tiny house by choice because I wanted to, not because I had to, because I was like, I really want this simpler, less life. So good. Kate, as you went through this though, Mm. you really were still pretty powerful. Like (laughs) a lot of women, I'm just looking at, I didn't feel powerful. I'm sure you didn't, but I mean, you came through the situation, you looked and you're like, you went in head on. Okay. You know what? this is what it is. You're being honest with yourself. This is what it is. And you took those steps towards making your life different. A lot of women would be very scared in that moment. Oh, I was terrified. Right. I was also scared and they wouldn't (laughs) terrified and pissed and have to kind of do it. (laughs) Right. You're like, this is, I don't really have a choice, but really by taking that action, Mm. things started to change. Also Mm. you're like, well, I was an entrepreneur. I love that you had that mindset. Cause I know that a lot of women that listen to my podcast, they're stuck to the, either they're dependent upon someone mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. to provide mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that, Mm-mm. but they don't believe that they can have more. Yes. They don't believe that they're capable. And you're like, well, if I'm an entrepreneur, I actually don't have to 
be boxed into these hours. I can just do whatever I got to do. And I got creative. Like, let's be honest, ladies. Like, so if we're talking to that woman, you know, I had an online sales thing. I looked at a ton of different, um, you know, online sales, you name it, MLM, et cetera. We can all hate them, but I found different things. I knew I could create 500 bucks here or a thousand bucks there. I yeah. had somebody who, um, needed to be driven around because they lost their license and they paid me money to drive them around to their appointments. Like I got really creative mm-hmm. about creating money. I didn't say no to opportunities that would lead to income. And I was honest, like people would say, can you help me out with this? I'd be like, yes. And I'm currently finding myself in a pickle. This has to be a cash driven thing for me. And for the most part, people bent over backwards to help me out and then referred me to somebody else and referred me to somebody else. I you know, did events. I hustled. I figured out what my skill set was. And I had a few, mm-hmm. but I basically doubled down. And I can remember very distinctly long before Beyonce said it, but I was like, if I can't bet on anybody else, because clearly I can't trust anybody else. Cause the person I was going to build my life with literally just left me in the lurch, mm-hmm. I, but I can trust me. Right. Yeah. I've already survived stuff. I can figure this out. And but I really right wanted there. to be proud of myself. Like, yeah. Be proud of yourselves, lady. Like, how would you be? Anyway, that was a big driver for me was to rebuild the trust in me. And the only way mm-hmm. I knew how to do that was to start rebuilding because I could sit there and cry about what fell apart. And believe me, there was lots of crying. <laughs> but there was also, I always felt better when I was in action that I was like, this may not be the perfect thing, but this will get me one step further. This may not work exactly, but I will do this in the meantime. And yeah. I think that sort of plucky attitude got me through. Well, yeah, <laughs> trusting yourself. That's where, <laughs> yeah. I, that's actually where we want to go next is like learning how to trust yourself because that's where a lot of women get stuck, right? And they're scared to do the thing that they, they don't know how to move forward. Cause I haven't done that before, or that seems really scary, whether they're leaving a relationship or they're actually being honest with themselves as to where yeah. they're at, mm-hmm. you know? So learning how to trust yourself. What did that look like in your journey? Messy. Um, messy. <laughs> very messy because you don't, I didn't know how to. And for the longest time, that was the number one thing that people, you know, said, whether it was my parents, well-meaning uh, people who mm-hmm. love me were like, yeah, but look at the choices you've made. And I'm like, I'm trying to fix the choices I made. Like I'm, I'm owning my own poop here, <laughs> like <laughs> clearly sitting in it, owning it, not wanting to be here again. Um, but learning to trust myself was just sort of this, if I couldn't find the silver lining, and I used to say this to people, if I can't find it and I can't find it today, because there was definitely days when I couldn't find the silver lining in mm-hmm. what was going on, then I said, then it isn't worth it. Like this much pain, this much hassle, this much BS, this much red tape, it's not worth it for anybody. If I can't find the lesson in here, the silver lining, the, I'm going to look back on this on laugh. Mm-hmm. And I remember leaning back again on what I've come through. So for the woman who's wondering if she can trust herself, think back to those moments. And for me, it was when I was learning algebra and I hated algebra. And my dad was like, no, you, you need to learn this problem solving stuff. You need to go through this. I was home educated. So my dad and I spent a lot of time together. And I can remember standing in court at one point and thinking like, this is dumb this whole thing is dumb. It's dumb that I'm here. It's dumb that I made this decision and I can't find the reason why. And I thought about that moment and I'm like, well, if I did eventually find out why I needed algebra, I'm sure I will discover, discover this. <laughs> and fast forward a few years 
And one of the number one things that women will call me is they call me when they're leaving a relationship. They call me when they think they needed a relationship. They call me when they are finding themselves in financial trouble before Mm -hmm. they get to where I am Mm -hmm. or where I was. And it's a really, it feels good to be like, oh, Yes, I am happy to share with you some of the things I went through, some of the choices I wish I had made. Here's what you need to know. Here's here's a number of a great trustee. Don't do this, do this. Before you make this call and this guy's bullying you, call this person. And so just that whole thing uh, mm-hmm. has been a big blessing. Uh, and then I think, you know, moving into the podcast or moving now into, you know, public speaking on a much bigger stage, there is like zero fear for me. And it's gone from, you know, that immature arrogance, you know, to just a, listen, I have been through stuff. I've had mm-hmm. to defend myself in places I never thought to defend. So stand up and trust people and share my story that I can do. Right. So I think looking at it, it's become a huge uh, diving board, a springboard of yeah. what is possible. And so for the woman who's in that spot, don't underestimate how this is going to be part of your story. Mm-hmm. And this thing that you think defines you won't define you forever. It will become just part of the tapestry, but the lessons and the grit, don't let them win. Cause guess what? That dude did call me years later. It was hilarious because I had blocked him. I had all of the things. I didn't block his number. I don't know why. And I remember thinking as I answered them, I'm like, why do I know this number? Like, why do I know this number? I answered it. And I was like, OMG, are you serious? Are you serious right now? And he's like, I thought you would block my number. And I'm like, I am shocked that I didn't block your number. How are you? (laughs) Insert word there. And he was like, you know, I'm good. Anyway, I I was more amused um, at, you know, how life comes full circle. Um, And he shared how his life had been and he'd been in St. Lucia for four years and he'd been doing this and doing that. And I said, you ever come back to, you know, pay up on the debts? Cause you know, I did, but it'd be sort of nice if you'd send some of that back. Long story short, dude was like, yeah, but you were always the one that got away. And I was like, yeah, far, far, far away. Um, Mm -hmm. And it felt really great to be like, I'm actually good. I'm better than good, but don't you dare take any credit because mama did this all by herself yeah 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 and then he propositioned Um, me into another business with him and I was like (laughs) what (laughs) no the balls on some of these guys but this is what I'm saying ladies is it it felt great to say thanks but no thanks hang up the phone laugh and be like wow like wow can't believe that was actually a thing and no I actually no. know how to say no to you now. <laughs> and the answer is no. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You actually, you also had some boundaries, like when you were hustling and money and yes. everything, like you bet, okay, I could do this for you, but it's going to cost because I need yes. money. So yes. you even had boundaries as you were like stepping through the mud. I don't know if you want to call it stepping. You were like drowning in my. I was drowning. <laughs> like it's a really you know, big mud myself. pit, and you're swimming yeah. through it. Yeah, you even had boundaries at that point. Mm-hmm. I forced boundaries. I think there was a desperation that had come 
I realized, and maybe other women will too, you can, I could look at the problem and be completely overwhelmed by it. And believe me, ladies, I was, I was completely overwhelmed. I would try to talk about it with other people like my parents mm-hmm. or, you know, someone supportive and they had no idea to help me. And they'd say, I don't, I don't even know where to start. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I will start. And it seemed easier when I went, you know, here's all of the things I'm going to need to worry about, right? Here's all of the challenges. And I put on a piece of paper. That's how I think I mind map. And then mm-hmm. I would, I just basically lean on what I had done for years in my businesses. I was like, well, I'll mind map this problem, right? Let's pretend I'm not $350,000 worth of debt and big trouble. Let's pretend that my business is, is in debt and I need to find investors. I need to find some opportunities. I need to figure out how to whittle this down. And so it was a bit of a probably, you know, self-preservation to put some space there, but it mm-hmm. seemed easier to, to do stuff like that. And so I did. And I just had to be really honest. I mean, at some point people were, you know, surprised that I wouldn't come out very often. And, you know, I didn't, you know, come out for dinners. And if there was a networking events, I would only go, you know, I couldn't order drinks and stuff like that. So there was certainly some uncomfortable challenges. Um, For the longest time, I had the word approved on my wall because I I often saw declines, right? When I would go to buy groceries and gas, Mm -hmm. and those are very scary, 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 scary things because companies would just take, you know, your money. But, you know, so I really had to work on, you know, shifting my mindset because it's easy to be abundant and manifest when you're living in a tiny house and life is good. It's not so easy when everything around you is, is not, but anything I had read about, you know, creating a life you love, most of those people had nothing. And then they made a decision and from the decision, they made a change. And so I wrote words like wealth because wealth doesn't isn't attached to spending or an amount it's just I wanted a wealthy life I wanted you know much of wealth means an abundance of right so I wanted to have a wealthy life that sounded Mm -hmm. great and so I could imagine myself in a wealthy life even if I didn't have money in the bank at the moment you know I wrote the word approved because that was easier to hope for than to just not see the declined and so it was a really great training ground for me to master my mindset because when we're stressed out and we know this you only have like 30% of your brain functioning. And I knew I needed a hundred percent of my brain <laughs> because the problem was big and scary. Right. Yeah. yeah. So people were often like, you're so calm. And I'm like, I will street freak out later, but right now I am focusing on what is in front of me. I will deal with the emotion later. And I often would, I'd go home and cry, I'd have a bath, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But I would really focus on being aware that if I'm in fight or flight, I'm not able to function as the powerful, beautiful, independent woman that I am. And I guess I really leaned back into, and maybe for your listeners, think of a time when you were okay. And maybe you never were. So you have to build that woman out. But I think whether you're working on a relationship or you're working on yourself, you are always building slash creating a life you love. Mm -hmm. So for me, I never started to believe that I was in debt. I was currently experiencing debt. I was currently there, but I was like, no, I am an intelligent woman. I manage my money. Well, my problem is that I choose men who have great charisma and they talk a great game, but women can hear so much better than we can think. So (laughs) (laughs) learning this one, you know, so I, I just really leaned into some of those things and went, this is going to be a great story one day. And everybody laughs. I'm actually writing a book and I'm going to be telling part of this story to be like, you know what, it's part of, it's a great story. And everybody's going to look back and go, wow, it's an amazing story. And I'm like, don't wish for it. (laughs) 
right it wasn't fun but yeah I think sometimes those boundaries came because they had to because I had to say I would love to can't right now and as a people pleaser that was really hard but it was worse you know not being able to pay a bill it was worse not being able to follow through on agreements that I was making Um, but it sort of forced me to a place that was really uncomfortable but I knew ultimately would make me a better person yeah you really were pretty strong through, I mean, you didn't feel like it, but I'm like no. amazed at the mindset work. <laughs> so with the mindset work, did it come from your, through just reading books and things, or did you hire a coach? Like, how did you I couldn't get afford a coach, but I, I was I'm assuming you couldn't hire a coach. So you're like, I just got to figure this out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did get some really great advice. Um, and I'll share it is one of the ladies said uh, that the cheap, one of the cheapest ways to get in touch with really great mindset people is to join an MLM because mm-hmm. they always make those people available. And I made a face. I was like, are you kidding me? And she was like, no, seriously, you want to get in touch with some amazing people. You know, you don't have to buy or pet of the products, but you will get incredible training and you'll meet amazing people. And I did take her advice and I've met some amazing people along the way. But I would go when events were free. I would go when it was 40 bucks at the door. I would go when it was, you know, bring an item for this and come and listen. And I would listen. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of listening to yeah. when people were speaking. If they had a free, you know, consult, I would go sit in front of people. I can remember it was humiliating a lot of the time, but I would go sit in front of financial planners who would do their free consult. And I'd say, I'm not your client. I am currently X number of dollars in debt. I'm going through a consumer proposal. And they'd be like, whoa. And I'd be like, no, no, I'm not asking here, but I'm asking I'm currently doing A, B, C, one, two, three. My next steps are this, this, and this. Does that make sense? And usually people would stand up and shake my hand and say, good for you for not rolling over to play dead. And in the meantime, here's something you can read. Here's something you can do. Mm -hmm. Here's something you can watch. And so that was a really um, big deal. And so I'd say that to people, like there's a ton of books out there. Did I read a lot of money ones? No, because I hated being reminded about how little I had. Yeah. In general, it's kind of like losing weight, right? You have to make more money than you're spending <laughs> and then you start getting ahead. And, you know, you have to eat less than, you know, you're it's right. same deal. The numbers so, are um, the numbers. The numbers are numbers. Right. And, and so I just really embraced a lot of that. Um, one of my favorite books was, it's called The Science, no, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. It's an amazing little book. I don't think it's down here. It might be. Anyway, um, I, it's so dog-eared that I was reading it. Uh, the Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich, um, Wallace mm-hmm. D. Waddles. I knew that I needed to start to create it. And someone else said, you know, you get rich with other people's money. And I think that that's true because there are so many people out there who want to help, want to invest, want to be involved, and then just not, not, not be a good person, but like your value goes up when you have that integrity. And so it was tough, but I was able to first realize my integrity was trashed because I couldn't follow through on so much stuff because of where I was at financially to a commitment mm-hmm. to rebuilding that. And it just felt so good to be honest with people. And most people were like, I can't believe you just told me that you're in consumer proposal. I'm like, what would it benefit me from lying about it? I'm this, this is why I'm saying, no, I can't join you for drinks, but I can certainly join you for a cup of tea. Would Saturday work better? And they'd say, oh, I got your drink, girlfriend. Let's see you on Saturday. And I've actually made a list of all of the people who were kind to me, mm-hmm. uh, people who maybe... I had to borrow some money or they paid for something or I haven't yet been able to pay them back. And I have been systematically 
as I rebuild my life and there's extra paying these people back. And that has been an amazing thing right down to a couple of years ago, paid back a woman who had coached me and right in the middle of when everything was going sideways. And so I had said, I wanted to pay her. I couldn't pay her. Anyway, she wrote me off and I never forgot, kept track of her email, kept track of all that stuff. And then I had the full payment mm-hmm. and I emailed it over and hit send. Three weeks later, my phone rings and it's her. And I was terrified. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to get an earful. You know, she's going to send it back. Like, who knows? Answered the phone and she's like, you blew my mind. She's like, you said you were good for it mm-hmm. and you were good for it. And I said, it just took me a lot longer than I had thought. And she's like, you didn't plan on getting into that mess. You didn't plan on, you know, COVID and everything else. But she's like, you still, you came through. And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now we are so tight. It's, it's just anyway. So for the, for the woman who knows she has to get out, yes, it's messy, but you can go back and you can make a difference. There have been people that I sent them the money and they immediately sent it back. And they said, I don't want this. It's good. We're good. We're awesome. Pay this forward to someone else. And I have, um, Mm -hmm. or I've paid it to a charity in their name or something. I don't let them get out of that. Then there have been some people who are like good riddance and it should have been double. Well, you know what? They got their own stuff to work on. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's been uh, honestly one of the biggest joys in my life is, is paying people. Because I remember what that was like. Paying people. I love it. I yeah. no, another thing though that really stuck out to me out of everything that we've said is that you you didn't ever take on the belief that you were in debt, that it was part of you, right? So you still mm. you, having separated that, mm. I know that, that could be so helpful to a lot of people, whether it's money or not, right? Like not letting that or your weight, right? you. Yeah. It's like whether mm. it's it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's your relationships or it's your money or it's your uh, what else is it say? Yeah. Your weight, whatever, like just mm-hmm. not letting it define you. That this is just really a chapter in your life. Like this is just yeah. something that is not here forever. And you get to decide how you're going to show up and react and respond. Yeah. So, so yeah. good. You've shared so many things with us. Do you have one more nugget you'd like to give us before <laughs> we, now that you've shared a lot, give me one more, <laughs> one oh. more thing that could just help inspire someone who is going through something that they feel like is too big to tackle. Like they're just struggling. Yeah. I would say, be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of what I talk about on the podcast is, you know, it's about trusting the niggle. So get honest about what's not right in your life. What is just out. And it doesn't have to be right. What's out of integrity for you, Mm -hmm. right? For you. And we're so good at negotiating with ourselves to make other people comfortable. And I'm just not willing anymore to negotiate with myself to make other people comfortable. I need to be comfortable. My integrity first, even if somebody is not pleased about that, how I handle that is also my integrity, but then tell yourself the truth of that. That's the whole line. Trust the niggle, tell the truth. It's not tell the truth to the world. It's tell the truth to you because mm-hmm. that was a game changer. And I'm thinking specifically when I realized I needed to leave my marriage and I felt like I I just gotten out of, I was within consumer proposal, but I was on track. I was working hard. I was six days postpartum with my daughter and I realized six days postpartum and you're going to leave your husband. (laughs) And to be honest, when I told him we were pregnant, his reaction made me think I should leave right now. 
Mm-hmm. And, but I didn't know how to, right. I kept hoping, I kept trying, I kept all these things. And six days old, I was just like, surrender. Like I, this, this isn't going to work. Something needs to change. Did I think I was going to leave? No, I thought maybe we'd get some counseling. I would make some changes. We would blah, 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 blah. I, you know, it was all my fault at the time, whatever. But I can remember looking at myself in the mirror, you know, nursing bra, there's, you know, you don't look like the way you used to look in your head and you're tired and you're sore. And I have a picture of it because it was so significant. And I was like, we need to go. Like with something to change, like this is, this isn't going to work. He's, he's not the one, you know, he's not the one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. And first we need to lose some weight. Like there is no way that this body, this tired woman is going to be able to support herself and a small human and make wise choices and continue to, you know, pay down the debt. Like there was just no way and at the time. Part of me said, you know, that's a cop out. And the other part of me was like, yeah, but we just need some time. We need some Mm -hmm. time to think this through. We need some time to lose some weight and get in shape and take care of ourselves. And the other part of me was like, okay, well, I'm holding you to it. I told myself the truth. I told myself the truth, not meanly, just Mm -hmm. it was, it was me talking to me in the mirror. And then I started to eat better and I started to make sure I slept better. And we moved into the spare room to give myself some space. And we just, we started to make better choices for me, subtle though they were, but I just started to make better choices. Fast forward, it's almost two and a half years before I'm finally able to say, hey, this isn't working. It hasn't been working for a really long time. And you know that, and I know that. And his response was, yeah, I know. It hasn't been working for a long time. And I said, so I'm going to go and let's try being separated for a while. And maybe we can go some counseling. Or maybe we not. Like, we need to do what's good for us. I, you need to go do what's good for you. And I, I know that I would not have been able to say that with the compassion and the kindness for him and for me and for our beautiful human, if I hadn't done all the work and I was in a great place emotionally and physically, and I continued to work my business and I had a plan. I had, you know, I knew where I was going to live for six months when I moved out. Like, so for the woman who feels like it's overwhelming, it is overwhelming and Mm -hmm. it's not a cop-out if you give yourself the gift of time. In fact, I would encourage you to highly take your time. This is your journey. But tell yourself the truth of that. You don't have to tell anybody else until my mother or my best friend or anybody else. I've held all of those in my own heart and soul until I was ready to say, this is my next step. Because you know, they're going to give you pushback. They want the best for you. Mm-hmm. But give yourself the gift of time as you tell yourself the truth, because you'll look back like I do and go, wow, I'm so glad that this was a moment I told myself the truth. And this was a moment I told myself true because I didn't know what was next. I didn't know the roadmap, but I had made a decision and I started pointing and looking and imagining and focusing in a different direction, not the direction I was going, the direction I wanted to go. Yeah. So good. So good. Such a good reminder too. just tell the truth to yourself. Doesn't mean you need to Tell the entire world. <laughs> no, no. You. Keep that stuff off social media. They don't need to know. You they know? don't need to know. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation, discussion, and just everything you've been through. I'm sure that any people that are tuning in are inspired. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. Absolutely. Okay. See you guys next week. Bye. Hey. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I'd be honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual coaching program called Thrive Club that I'd like to invite you to join. 
We address challenges, we work on goals, and ultimately we thrive together. There's group coaching, individual coaching, and hundreds of hours of courses and content that I've created just for you. If you're ready to take your life to the next level, then come check out Thrive Club at luckysanders.com forward slash membership.